Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. We will be here. Covering Super Tuesday for three hours. And the first polls close in 54 minutes and five seconds, according to various countdown clocks on cable TV. Wow, 14 states are voting, Mr. Producer, in the Democrat primary. I actually went to our voting precinct today in Virginia. To joke around with the Democrats, because, you know, there's no Republican primary right now. I said, uh, and this, this guy didn't know who I was. Poor guy's working the polls. <clears throat> I said, how's our turnout? He said, it's been pretty steady. This was about three and a half hours ago. Been pretty steady. I said, oh, good. When's the Republican primary? There is no Republican primary. Oh. So who are you for? I can't say I work for the party. I'm a volunteer. So I told him, as I see it, you got a Marxist, a moron, an an oligarch, and a fake Indian. So who do you vote for, a Marxist, a moron, an oligarch, or a fake Indian? At that point, I had to leave because he figured out I was a hostile. But that's the choice on this super-duper Tuesday. Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Joe Biden. Mike Bloomberg just got in the race. And Liz Warren. Unbelievable. And we've got quite a, quite a choice of candidates here for you people of color. And I know this is important if you're a Democrat or you're in the media, although they don't mention it. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? They don't mention it. Not a single person of color. Not one. For the LGBTQ etc. community, not a single lesbian, gay person, bisexual that we know of. What's the rest of it? Questioning? Transitioning? None of it. As far as we know, they're all straight. They're all straight and they're all white, may I say. They're all straight and they're all white. In the Democrat, uh, the four left. The Four Stooges, may I say. Nobody knows why Elizabeth Warren's in here. Nobody can figure it out. I think she enjoys campaigning. She enjoys running around like a banshee. May I say that, Mr. Producer? Mr. Producer says, I can say it, then I can say it. She enjoys running around on the stage, screaming at the top of her lungs, and getting applause for it. 
Many other societies, they would put you in a white jacket and send you off to the uh, loony farm. But she's called a progressive. There she is, campaigning. Michael Bloomberg, spending billions for the little guy. Jesse's buying up everything he can buy up. This will be his first test, really. First three primaries, caucuses, whatever you want to call them. He chose not to participate in. Why? He couldn't win them. That's why. He's been focusing especially out of the 14 states on Oklahoma, Mr. Producer. Because he believes Oklahoma is the most conservative or moderate state of those of the 14 states where the Democrats are holding their super-duper primary. So that's what he's hoping there. And he's also hoping that Virginia will come through for him. Because his roots in Virginia are very deep. They're non-existent. So we shall see. And besides, he feels he bought the legislature in Virginia, and he pretty much did. But I've spent a lot of time on Bernie Sanders, and I'll continue to spend a lot of time on Bernie Sanders. But I want to spend some time on Joe Biden. Joe Biden is not mentally fit to be president of the United States, and I don't say this to be provocative. I don't even say this to be rude. We had all these psychiatrists and psychologists coming out of Ivy League schools, wrote a book, went to Capitol Hill, all over the Constipated News Network and MSLSD, and were quoted in the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost and elsewhere. Remember Dr. Lee, Mr. Producer? Bandy X. Lee. Bandy X. Lee. Remember her, folks? The president isn't mentally fit. He's unbalanced. There's concerns psychologically. They wrote a whole book. Where's their book on Biden? Where's their their book on, on Biden? And what about Biden? Wouldn't the 25th Amendment kick in the moment he's sworn in? He's not stable. I'm telling you this. Again, not to be provocative. Because a guy... Well, you've heard him on the Declaration of Independence... You've heard him on Super Thursday. Well, I can't be the last one to play this. I mean, it's a sad fact. I had this yesterday during yesterday's show, but I didn't, I didn't have time to get to it, did I, Mr. Producer? But we're not going to pass up on it. Here is Joe Biden in Houston yesterday on the Declaration of Independence. Cut 15, go. And above all, it's time for America to get back up on its feet and once again fight for the proposition that we hold these truths to be self-evident. Sounds corny. Not a joke. Think about it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know the you know the thing. You know how we talk about it. Are we the people? Folks, endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. We've never lived up to that. Now he he it's it's almost like mental Tourette's or or, or dyslexia. I can't. I'm, I'm not sure. And I don't hold that against anybody. They're inflictions, and people have to deal with them. They have to fight them and overcome them. But Joe Biden starts quoting the Declaration of Independence. He finally gets to the Creator part, endowed by our Creator. 
inalienable, but Jefferson wrote unalienable rights. That's okay. Been a big debate among scholars on why unalienable and not inalienable. Who cares? All men and women are created equal. It's not what it says, but he has to say that because of the absurdity of identity politics among the Democrats. But he starts to falter. He can't remember it. But here's something he does remember. And if you listen to the show, you remember too. The progressives, the radical progressives, an offshoot of Marxism. Woodrow Wilson and his ilk reject the Declaration of Independence. And as he started down the road of the Declaration of Independence, not only couldn't he remember what it said, but he did remember that he's not supposed to quote it. He did remember that the radical progressives reject it. It's all there in Rediscovering Americanism. But then he forgets what tomorrow is. Super Tuesday. I don't believe there's a vote in this country that's cast on a Thursday, Mr. Producer, is there? I don't know. But I would encourage all you liberals to vote on Thursdays. Listen to your great leader, Joe Biden. Cut 16, go. Look, tomorrow's Super Tuesday. And I want to thank you all. I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? No, you're a moron. And so, you Democrats who haven't voted yet, who hear me in the car, as you're driving to your precinct to do your, your duty, your civic duty, most of you have a choice of four individuals. A Marxist who hates America. He's anti-American. Are you anti-American? A moron in Joe Biden. Can you imagine him figuring out legislation and in dealing with, with foreign leaders. I would say Joe Biden's best days are behind them, but Joe Biden's never had best days. Then we have an oligarch and Mike Bloomberg who wants to determine how much soda you should drink, kind of snacks you should eat, how much salt you should have, who thinks Xi over in Red China is a pretty cool guy, probably wishes he was Xi, probably at, late at night he... He stays up, wears red pajamas, looks in the mirror and starts pretending he's ordering people around. And then, of course, it's the fake Indian. The fake Indian from Massachusetts. Liz Warren. Nobody knows why she's in the race, but she still is. I think she enjoys the free food and the free flights. Racking up the frequent flyer miles or whatever it is. And likes the attention being drawn to her because if she were just another idiot senator, nobody would care. She'd be going by the way of, well, what is the female senator's name from New York, Mr. Producer? Gillibrand. Oh, how we forget. Go the way of Gillibrand. Nobody remembers Gillibrand anymore. Why should they? So Liz Warren can still participate in debates. The media still run up to her. So she can still be Florence Nightingale. I'll be right back. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, 
have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. I am a man. Now you heard Joe Biden's utter incoherence. This is a daily situation with Joe Biden. But utter incoherence is what you get on the morning schmo from the morning schmo and Mrs. Schmo, a.k.a. Mika Brzezinski, if that is her name, and Joe Scarborough, who has a burrow between his ears. And they think the President of the United States fears Joe Biden. Now you hear Joe Biden. They should be taking sharp objects away from Joe Biden. And I say that with all due respect, without any intent for provocation. But they think the President fears Joe Biden. I think the President laughs at Joe Biden and can't wait to take on Joe Biden. Or Bernie the Red. Or Mike the Oligarch. Or Liz Warren the Fake Indian. But listen to this brilliant, brilliant analysis by Mika and Shmika. Cut one, go. So, Joe, he seems rattled. Uh, just looking at his tweets. That Meaning he's Trump. Going- Bloomberg is going after Biden. He's going after the press. He's trying to bring up old videos, you know, concocting ways that these candidates look like they've said something terrible. I mean, there is a all on. MSNBC never does that to Trump or conservatives or Republicans. Go ahead. To take on the emerging candidate. Yeah, you know, we've talked about this for some time, Mika, and it's Mm. fascinating how much Donald Trump fears Really, he's petrified politically of Joe Biden. He, this just he, shows you what a moron the banjo player from Deliverance, that would be uh, Joe Scarborough, actually is. This just shows you, Mika, how much Donald Trump fears really is petrified politically of Joe Biden. These two clowns don't even understand that Donald Trump at these rallies He's mocking the Democrats, each and every one of them. He's trying to divide them even further. Not petrified of Joe Biden. You know who's petrified of Joe Biden? Apparently Barack Obama. Barack Obama won't embrace him. Maybe at some point he will. I'm petrified of Joe Biden because I don't want a certified idiot bouncing off the walls in the Oval Office. And it just amazes me, truthfully, honestly, How little discussion there is about this man's mental sufficiency. When they went after Trump month after month for nothing. Does that not concern anybody else that this man isn't up to the job at this point? 
Go ahead. So you're seeing internal polls that shows uh, that he must be doing that. What kind of accent is Scarborough's? Seriously. It shows, yeah. You know me, yeah. Yeah, you mean me, yeah. It is a real turnoff, isn't it, Mr. Producer? It just shows, yeah. Is it? Is it not an accent? Is it just a speech impediment or something? Go ahead. A lot of those uh, swing states against Joe Biden, uh, because, again, Joe Biden was a man that Donald Trump feared so much that he allowed himself to be impeached over. Donald Trump allowed himself to be impeached over Joe Biden. Has there been a dumber statement this century? He allowed himself to be impeached over Joe Biden. You know, now that now that Chris Matthews has left MSNBC, I would say this. Bring Chris Matthews back and get rid of this moron. Truthfully. And by the way, it's quite clear over at MSNBC, you cannot reference Nazis and the Sanders supporters, Mr. Producer. But you can mention Nazis and the President of the United States and his supporters over there ten times a day. That's okay. That's job security. Go ahead. Dirt from a foreign leader in exchange for military funding. I mean, I'll There was the no dirt from a foreign leader in exchange for military funding. You're also a habitual serial liar. Go ahead. In U.S. history to be yeah. impeached, and he did it to try to stop Joe Biden. All right, let's Bi- stop because this is really lowering everybody's IQ. This clown and the, the clowness, they broadcast from Jupiter, Florida. They put the fake Washington scene behind them. They know not of what they speak, but it doesn't matter. Rambling buffoons. They ought to be on the comedy channel with the others. Or the Food Channel. But this is what MSLSD has turned into. They have standards, you know. They have Al Sharpton there. They'd never get rid of Al. But Chris Matthews, they got to get rid of him. And Joe Scarborough, I mean, get rid of Joe. There, the IQ there goes down 40 points. From negative 12 to negative 52. All right. I'll be right back. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com.
Mark Levin, radio's hell-raising intellectual. Call now, 877-381-3811. Next hour, the polls close in three states at 7 p.m. Eastern Time in Virginia and Vermont. At 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, North Carolina. So three states, the numbers will start to trickle in. Three of the 14 states. Then 8 p.m., a lot of states close. We'll get into that in that hour. So you'll want to stick with us like every other election. Uh, We will be here. We will call them as soon as we have the numbers. We check multiple sites, including trying to get into the various state sites to watch the, the counts as they happen. And um, I'm not going to do any analysis beforehand since we're about to get results. However, the polls have shown in these states, in Alabama, that Biden was leading. 42 to 20 over Sanders. Bloomberg with 18. Arkansas, Biden was leading. 36 to 23 over Sanders, but Bloomberg with 22. California, Sanders was leading by 12. 35 to 23 over Biden. Colorado, Sanders was leading. I remember when Colorado was a bright red state. Boy, they really flipped it fast. Sanders with 32, Warren with 21, Biden with 18. Maine, as Maine goes, so goes New Hampshire. Anyway, yes, Sanders with 38 and a half, Biden with 24 and a half. Massachusetts. Wowen with 28, Sanders with 26, Biden with 26. Minnesota, Sanders at 32, Biden at 27, Warren at 21. North Carolina, Biden with a substantial lead according to the polls, 36.7, Sanders 23.3. Oklahoma, Biden 35 to Sanders 28. Tennessee. Biden, 28, to Sanders, 27. Texas. Sanders, 29 and a half, Biden, 28. I'd be surprised if that holds up. Utah. Sanders, 29, Biden, 23. I'd be surprised if that holds up. In the Democrat primary, you'll probably get a lot of Romney write-ins. Vermont's Sanders. Virginia, Biden, had a big lead in the polls. 42 to Sanders, 24 and a half. Time will tell. We shall see. People in Tennessee around the Nashville area and in the Nashville area. That was horrific. A horrific tornado that so far has killed 22. And the damage has been just terrible. Devastating. Tornadoes, in so many cases, strike without warning when you're sleeping at night. That's pretty much what this did. And two of our kids and our grandkids live in Nashville. And it wasn't too far from where my son lives. It's a horrible thing. 22 people died. Now, I want to put it in perspective. 22 people have died in a tornado that took minutes. And it's not a damn thing you can do about it. Mother Nature is brutal. The coronavirus so far, nine Americans have died. 
nine. Now, why am I comparing them? I'm not comparing them for effect. I'm caring, comparing them for context. For context. 22 people died in minutes, really. Some died a little after, but in an event that took place in minutes. This isn't to play down the coronavirus. It's to put things in perspective. I do think you should wash your hands frequently. I always do. What we do now when we fly is we bring on these wet ones and we wipe down the trays and the bucket on the, on the belt, the seat belt. Why do I do that? Because every time I get on and off an airplane, I get sick. This bronchitis, I got on or off an airplane. <clears throat> Two years ago, pneumonia. I had some kind of infectious disease last year. Remember all this, Mr. Producer? Every time I fly, I get sick. I don't know what's the immune system. When I'm home, I'm fine. When I'm in my neighborhood, I'm fine. When the air they pump in is the air they pump out. So if somebody's really sick, when you put those blowers on in the ceiling, they're blowing that air around. They have no choice. I mean, you're in the sky, so. But you do have a choice to do something to try and help yourself. So we do that now. And uh, we didn't do it since the coronavirus. We've been doing that for about, well, four or five months. I've been. Family's been. Particularly if you're elderly or if you know somebody who's elderly, I'm just being honest. It's important to do these sorts of things. I'm going to tell you something else that's going to disgust you, but I have to tell you. And I see it more and more. I don't know if it's because of the culture. I don't know if it's because people come into this country from different cultures, which just not habit-forming or taught. I'm going to say it because it's true, Mr. Producer. More and more in the public men's room, I see guys go to the restroom and they leave without washing their hands. Do you see this, Rich? A lot. Do you see a Richie V? I see it all the time now. And it disgusts me. And I don't know what they're doing. They go out there, I don't know what they're handling. I don't even want to touch the, the, the door, the, whether the handle, the doorknob to the bathroom. So I take one of the paper towels and I do it. And look, I'm not a, you do it too. I'm not a germaphobe. I just know what I see. So I take a paper towel and then I open the door and I kind of throw it towards the waste paper basket if there is one, honestly. Or I just throw it in the corner. You do that too. Richie V, I'm being honest. Because it's grotesque. These guys are grotesque. I lo- and I even look at it and say, what the hell are you doing? What are you thinking? Can I be honest about another thing? When I go into these supermarkets, and they have, you know, they might have rolls or muffins or donuts or whatever. The supermarket provides you with these plastic sheets, whatever you call them. To use, rather than your bare hand, to pick up the donut or the bagel or whatever you're picking up and put it in a bag. I see these people. They, they, they take their hands. They pick it up. The, the hell are these people? Do you ever see that, Richie? And Richie V, you see it too? You see it at 7-Eleven. I'm going, what the hell's going on here? I'm being honest, folks. 
Want one more? When you pick up the pump to fill up your car, the gasoline, I have to get better at this. When it's cold and it's winter, I'll use my gloves. But when it's not, i got to figure out, you know, sometimes they have the things that have. I don't know where that guy's hand has been. Nobody knows. So you're picking up stuff from strangers. And what I'm trying to say is this is the way you can try and prevent illnesses. It's not perfect. Some of these things are airborne. And you can't walk around like the bubble man. But you should wash your hands frequently and make sure you take a shower every day. I'm quite serious about this. Make sure your kids wash their kids, your kids, little ones especially. Their hands are always in their mouths. Look, I'm not doing a public service announcement. I'm just telling you what I see. Oh, the government needs to this and the government, fine. But we need to do things on our own as well. We need to do things on our own as well, in my humble opinion. I don't know what got me started on this, but being disgusted by being in the men's room. It disgusts me. Don't even get me started. The other thing's going on. I mean, may I mention one other thing there, Mr. Producer? Am I going to turn off everybody eating dinner? Ladies and gentlemen, particularly for you women who aren't, they have urinals that are so big. They're big. How do these guys miss it, Mr. Producer? How do they miss it? And then I wear I'm stepping in this. It's terrible. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Levin. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. Next hour, the ladies' bathroom. No, 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 I'm just kidding. This is fascinating. You ready? <clears throat> this is from JNS.org by Alex Trayman. This guy is very sharp. As the final votes are being tallied among the major takeaways, one thing is clear in Israel. Benjamin Netanyahu won a decisive victory over his challengers. Garnering 36 mandates at seats is the best ever showing for the embattled prime minister over a span of nine different elections which he ran at the head of the Likud party. <coughs> by earning four seats more than the Blue and White Party, led by challenger Penny Gantz, Likud definitively raised itself above its main rival. 
In the April election, the two major parties tied at 35. September, Blue and White edged out Likud by one seat, 33 to 32. Aside from Likud's direct four-seat victory, <coughs> distributed among members of each prime ministerial candidate's allies, painted an even more dramatic picture. Ahead of these third elections, a bloc that includes the Shahs, United Torah Judaism, and Yamina parties, all once again, has pledged their explicit support for Netanyahu's con- continued premiership. So what does that mean? With Likud, the bloc has received 59 mandates, 59 seats, and it's important. The Knesset is 120. Across the political spectrum, only the Labor Meretz Party has pledged its support for Gantz. Together, Blue and White and Labor Meretz received 39 mandates. So that's 59 to 39. That's a blowout. The 20-mandate gap represents a landslide victory for Netanyahu and his supporters over the direct and secondary supporters for Gantz. By contrast, the specific gap between the blocks increased from just 15 seats in April's first election and 12 seats in September's second round. 20-seat gap. Despite... The outsized gap, the total currently leaves Netanyahu precariously two seats shy of a 61-seat parliamentary majority. Their system is so screwed up. In both the April and September elections, the parties sitting to the left of blue and white labor and merits ran as independent parties. In April, the two parties combined for a total of 10. In September, the parties totaled 11. In these third elections, the parties ran as combined list, and they received seven. The lowest showing for Israel's once dominant left wing in the history of the modern state of Israel. Seven out of 120. By contrast, back in 2015, the Zionist Union, Labor and Hutnua, that party alliance and merits to go, this is left. Total 29 seats. So the left wing in Israel has been crushed. Absolutely crushed. Now, the growth of the Arab parties. Back in April, Arab parties ran on two separate lists, totaling 10 mandates. A mandate is a seat for all intents and purposes. In September, the Arab parties united and secured 13 seats amid a major campaign to increase Arab voter turnout. This week, the joint Arab list apparently received 15 seats, an increase of five seats in just a year. The Arab parties have historically never joined any Israeli government, left or right, since the establishment of the State of Israel on ideological grounds. Why? Because the Arab parties don't believe in the State of Israel. A lot of them are fronts for the Palestinians. In the past year, major efforts have been made by the Arab parties to dramatically increase Arab voter turnout. Meanwhile, the joint list, this is the joint list of Arab parties, has no intention of joining a government led by Netanyahu Argonz. Most of its Knesset members explicitly oppose the foundation of Israel as a Jewish state. So there are only 105 pro-Israel and pro-Zionist Knesset members. Of those 105, a clear majority support Netanyahu. In other words, forget about the Arab seats. They hate this country of Israel. So you're down to 105 out of 120 that are actually pro their own country. 
And out of that, Netanyahu has 59. 59. Then you have this guy, Avigdor Lieberman. He resigned as defense minister under Netanyahu November 28. He goes on and forms a six-seat hawkish party. So what would have happened here if this reprobate and toady for the blue and white party hadn't broken off as we sit here now? Netanyahu would have 65 seats, well above the number necessary to flat out have a significant majority as the Prime Minister of Israel. He's done a magnificent job under these circumstances. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. So Virginia goes to Biden. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Vermont goes to Sanders. That's expected. And at 731 North Carolina. There's really nothing else to tell you. He uh, Biden won a majority of the black vote in Virginia. <clears throat> Did very well, well enough among white voters. I guess we break, break down people now based on their pigmentation. So uh, I think Biden's going to clean up in the southern states. I think he's going to do pretty well in some of the northeastern states. He'll probably get bogged down in some of the western states. So they got a real battle going on now. One week ago, I bet, I don't know this to be the case, I bet I was the only or one of the few talk show hosts on radio and TV to tell you Biden's not out of it. Right, Mr. Producer? Didn't I say, calm down? I'm not making predictions. We're talking about two states at one point, then three states at one point that are tiny states. They are not reflective of the population generally. This isn't Scandinavia, no matter what Bernie Sanders thinks. No matter what he's saying. This isn't an attack on Iowa. It's not an attack on Vermont. It's not an attack on Nevada, but they're not that representative of the rest of the country. This is also why, ladies and gentlemen, it's interesting. The Electoral College is so important. You don't just throw everybody together and say, I got more votes than the other guy. Isn't it interesting that when it comes to primaries, when it comes to primaries, even though we don't have an electoral college, these people campaign in individual states because they need delegates. It's not a national primary where everybody votes at once. And the Democrats wouldn't want a national primary where everybody votes at once in the states and so forth. So you fight it out in each state, and that matters. 
that matters. So that's that's what we have right now. Now, what I'm not going to do <clears throat> is over and over and over again tell you about this because in 20 minutes we'll know what's happening in North Carolina. I don't need to fill time. There's a lot going on that I want to talk about with you. Robert Reiner, Meathead, was on MSNBC yesterday. And it's not just what he said, but I want to address the bigger point. Cut five, go. We're looking at two existential crises, democracy and the world, the earth. If we don't take this presidency away, we're going to lose democracy and we're going to lose our ability to live on the earth. And I want to just remind people, Bush Gore. Yes. And people who are friends of mine said, I'm going to vote for, uh, you know, Ralph Ralph Nader. And there's no difference between the candidates. Please, a 20 year start on climate change and we don't go into Iraq. I'm just saying you have to unify behind whoever. We're going to lose our democracy, ladies and gentlemen, if Donald Trump is reelected. First of all, we're republic, but not the quibble with meathead. How exactly are we going to lose our democracy? Seriously. By appointing constitutionalists to the bench? By securing our borders, by adhering to court orders and adhering to federal statutes and the Constitution, Donald Trump doesn't seek to fundamentally transform America. He he seeks to embrace America. He's the pro-America candidate. Bernie Sanders is the anti-America candidate. So how exactly would Joe Biden destroy our democracy? Existential crises, he says. It's so truly absurd. So truly absurd. We have to take the presidency away from Donald Trump. People are voting. Nobody's threatening them. Nobody's threatening anybody. The only people who want to overturn elections are the Democrats on the left. So this is truly absurd. It's Sanders, and to a lesser extent, but still an extent. Joe Biden and the Democrat Party who seek to change our system of government. It is they. I want to point out something else. Early voting. Early voting is viewed as a great reform by the Democrats and the media. Early voting. Now, again, I guess I sound like an old man, but when I was young, there was no early voting. There there were absentee ballots, And first in Pennsylvania where I lived, and then in Virginia, you had to sign an affidavit under penalty of perjury. Under penalty of perjury, two weeks out or more from the election, that you were not going to be in the state or in the country. And only under those circumstances could you cast an absentee ballot. All that's been destroyed. All that's been changed. We have provisional ballots. You don't have to show voter ID, because, of course, that's racist. You don't have to clean the voter list, because, of course, that's racist and that suppressed the vote. And on and on with these Democrat Party absurdities. Motor voter, and they want to make it easier and easier to vote earlier and earlier and earlier. Well, now, look how stupid that is. I don't know how many, but you have a lot of people who voted for Klobuchar, 
and Buttigieg. And I don't mean a lot in the sense that they would win, but a lot of people. And their vote is utterly meaningless today. Utterly meaningless. So they self-disenfranchised. Self-disenfranchised. Because they wanted to vote early. And the politicians create this possibility for people to vote early. And it's not just candidates who might leave the race, but events or debates that may change somebody's mind. But it's too late. You've already voted. You've already voted. A race in a state or nationwide should take its course before you vote. Should take its course. So the voter can take it all in before they vote. These politicians who've done this have done a grave disservice. A grave disservice. I can think of no argument. None. None that can justify voting three, four, five, six weeks before an election. I can't think of any. Not one. So this is truly a a lesson that won't be learned where they say vote early and vote often. No, don't vote early. And of course, don't vote often. Vote once and vote on election day. Or you might make a grave mistake. And as a result of this, there are people right now complaining and say they should get another bite at the apple. That they should get the vote again. Which is really absurd, isn't it? People are saying, hey, my vote doesn't count. Because I voted early and my candidate stepped out. Well, too damn bad. Too damn bad. Stupid. And you can thank your party. I'll be right back. To uh, further underscore my point in the last segment, Meathead is reflective, I think, of what a lot of Democrats believe and say. It is they who seek to eviscerate our institutions. Just listen to them. It is they who wave around the Constitution while trashing the Constitution. It is they who never speak fondly of the founders unless they can abuse and misuse what they have said in the past. It is they who talk about all the horrors in America, the endless racism and inequality, the endless unfairness and injustice that requires them to turn the nation inside out. And then when they attack our president, who's trying to protect our institutions, who literally embraces the American flag, who promotes American enterprise, who promotes American principles, who appoints individuals to the courts, who are faithful to the Constitution. They accuse him of trying to and in fact destroying our institutions. It is a big lie, the big lie. Bald face, 
lie. They project, as I say over and over again. They project. They project their intentions onto the people they seek to defeat. They lie about their mission. They always talk about the people or democracy. And yet the way they rule is through centralized government, not the people. If they win an election, as I've told you, they consider it a mandate. They lose an election, they consider it corrupt, and they seek to rule by fiat, whether it's executive order, or court orders, or bureaucratic regulations. When they win, they win. When they lose, they win. That's the way they look at it. That's the way they look at it. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go. Very important what you're doing, Mark, teaching the audience. Uh, People have to know this. Now, Biden gives credit to a group that helped him get elected. Biden praised this group very often throughout the years. It's a Marxist front group called Council for a Livable World. Now, this Council for a Livable World was founded by a guy. I'll give his name if you want, but some people get nervous. No, just explain it. Okay. A guy who was considered to be a Soviet agent founded this group, Council for a Livable World. The man who was considered to be a Soviet agent was funded by Al Gore Sr. And Al Gore Sr. got funding from Armand Hammer. Armand Hammer admits... Armand Hammer was a billionaire in bed with the Soviets. Right. He, he claimed, Armand Hammer claimed in communist publications I have, he was a friend and supporter of Lenin. And the Council for a Livable well, World... Well, he was, because they helped him become a billionaire by giving him all areas to drill and all the natural resources and so forth. And that lured in other investments. So they make one or two people rich, and that lures in more people to get more investment and more technology. So Biden was helped to get elected, and ever since, Biden has thanked them and praised the group. Biden was elected to help them push uh, American defense policy in sort of a pro-Soviet direction, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Now, Obama, excuse me, uh, talking about Biden, Biden was also part of something that the American Communist Party set up and talked about, the All People's Front. That was usually Biden, Ted Kennedy, and Metzenbaum, and they worked together with others to stop certain appointments or nominations for government positions. One case that Human Events talked about years ago was a black man who came out of poverty and and really bad situation and became a guy so brilliant, he was named or nominated to head the Civil Rights Division for the Justice Department. And the communists had to block him because he was a black man, pro-American, leaning on the conservative side. So Obama is in bed with all the radicals. Now, he looks like the most moderate of the Democrats, and he may be. You mean Biden. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So Biden looks like, and most a lot of people. But Biden's think, also a useful idiot. They will take advantage of them. He will. Uh, he will lose control of his administration. Uh, the hard left in the Democrat Party will know how to uh, secrete themselves in one bureaucracy after another. Don't you think, Jimmy? Yes. Well, that's been going on for a long time. But one more thing about Biden. Now, this might be more scary to some people. He's in bed with and gets funded by radical Muslim groups in this country who represent the Iranian government. Groups like the American Iranian Council, another one, the Iranian Muslim Association of North America. They actually funded uh, some of uh, Biden's campaigns. So he could be the most moderate Democrat 
because everybody else is even more crazy and radical than he is. So the AOC wing coming up is just another wave of the communist revolution within the Democrat Party. So as we talked about the other last time I talked to you, and we agreed, I believe, we have to totally defeat the Democrats, but at some point we really have to help them get rid of the communists because... Well, that, we, this is why I've never understood, I'm sure you've been hearing me say this for some time now, why people are cheering for Bernie Sanders to get the nomination. They don't quite comprehend what we're talking about here, do they? No, because the communist goal years ago, the head of the American Communist Party said that they want to have a third party that's strong. But until then, they have to work within the Democratic Party. And Gus Hall, the communist leader, said the best way to help the cause of communism is through the liberal wing of a Democratic Party. But since then, according to their publications, why make a third party when you could capture a major party and get all the fundraising networks, all the connections to the unions, to Mm -hmm. the professors, to all the political groups? So they're taking over the party from within. Pelosi and these other radicals don't quite realize what's going on. And I think the next wave, so even let's say the Democrats lose this coming election, the communists could end up controlling the Democrat Party, and years later, we'll see the This, this is also why they do not call themselves what they are. They pretend they're democratic socialists, right? Exactly, but let me, let me define the communist right, that democracy is ruled by the people, and the people are led by the communist party. So to them, democracy is communism. And in Marxism, you go through stages of development. Slavery gets a little better, you get to feudalism. After feudalism, you get to capitalism, which gives you full development and, uh, and modernization, which they write about. After feudalism, you go to socialism, and then socialism, socialism brings you to communism. So basically, a democratic socialist is a communist communist. All right, sir. I appreciate your call out there, Jimmy. Uh, in a little while, we will be able to see what's going on in North Carolina after the break. I'm going to post something that Dan Scavino posted. He's with the president and the administration, which is Mike Bloomberg going into a community box of donuts, if you will. You know, people buy boxes of 12 or 8, a couple of dozen, and they put them out there with coffee and so forth. And he puts his hand in the box, and he's taking out donuts— And he's eating a few, and then he's licking his fingers and putting his hand back into the box. Isn't he doing that, Mr. Producer? He's gross. Then he puts his hand back in. Meanwhile, Bloomberg had posted, with coronavirus spreading, there are a few things we can all do to stay safe. Wash your hands frequently. If you have a cough, stay home and rest. And he goes on and on and on. This is typical of Mike the oligarch. President calls him Mini Mike. He's both. Do as I say, not as I do. And it is gross, and we will go ahead and link to it so you can look at it on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. We'll see what happens in North Carolina. We can call that when we return. We'll be right back. The Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. May I say something in my own defense, actually my own behalf, and it's not intended to be braggadocious in any way. Stick with me. I'm not looking 
to make a headline. I'm not looking to separate myself from everybody else. I look at the facts. I have a lot of experience in campaigns uh, and looking at this information, reporting it to you. And when people were saying Joe Biden was out after Iowa, then they were saying he's really out after New Hampshire. And then they're saying he's really, really out after Nevada. I said, listen, nobody's really voted yet. Just hang in there. He may be out. He may not be out. I don't know if he's out or not. But it's way too early to say he's out with South Carolina coming. And even after South Carolina, Super Tuesday. It's just not the case. And it's not the case. It was never the case. Now, I'm not going to tell you who was way out on the limb, but people want to go way out on the limb so they can say, see, I told you, I'm smarter, I'm an analysis. Who cares? It's not about me. It's not about them. It's like I'm telling you what's coming in now, what the numbers are, and it looks like Joe Biden's going to have a pretty damn good night, but it also looks like Sanders will do okay, if not well. He's got California, but I suspect Biden's going to win Texas. So you got a real horse race going on here. Of course, I keep running to the left, but you know what I mean. People are projecting their wants onto their analysis. I'm not projecting my wants onto my now. I want them all to be defeated. I especially want Sanders to be defeated. I don't hide that, but that's not the point. I've been around way too long. I worked in the 76 Reagan campaign where he lost state after state after state after state to a sitting president, Gerald Ford. And then comes North Carolina, a firewall built by Jesse Helms. And then he wins. And he wins state after state after state after state. And I don't remember the exact number. But Gerald Ford had a little over 100 more delegates than Reagan. That's it in 76. So that's my experience. I was involved in that campaign. So I know enough to say you can't write Biden off yet. Now, Biden's no Reagan. And I said it also. Biden's no Reagan. But Sanders a crazy ass, may I say with all due respect. So Biden's got that going for him. But there are just not enough states and just not enough votes after three very small states come in, in terms of population. And people say, well, I don't don't know. Now, Biden is an idiot. And I will say this. Our wonderful president has been blessed with idiots running against him. He's got a Marxist. He's got a moron. He's got a fake Indian. And he's got an oligarch. As soon as this team lined up, even before this, at the beginning, with Cory Booker and this guy Bennett and Kamala Harris and uh, Gillibrand and on and on and on, I told you, I've never seen a weaker group of candidates from either party. Never. It remains a very, very weak group. And that's a good thing. But don't underestimate the power of the media. Don't underestimate what they've done to our voting system. Don't underestimate how they've changed the demographics in this country. So the president still is up against it. And we must fight every one of these battles like we're way behind. Like the military fights. 
We have to fight politically, without the weapons, obviously, but politically. That's how I've always viewed this in every election. Now it's at least 25 dead after tornadoes hit Tennessee. Folks, that's a lot of people. And the devastation is unbelievable in Nashville, Tennessee. And again, I'm only mentioning this in context with the coronavirus. Because people are worried about what the coronavirus could become. I am too. I understand that. But look what Mother Nature is capable of. Horrible, horrible things. It's pretty tough to get out of the way of a tornado when you're not sure it's coming. When you're sleeping at night. Just flops you around like you're nothing. It's horrible. You know... You'd pay off your IRS debt if you could, but you can't, right? You don't have the money. You get further and further behind. Then you panic. Now you're asking this important question. Is this the day the IRS shows up at my work, garnishes my wages, takes my bank accounts, takes my home? It could be. Let me suggest a way to end your IRS nightmare. Call Optima Tax Relief, our wonderful sponsor. America's most trusted tax resolution firm. They truly are. They're experts. They got lawyers, accountants, former IRS employees. They've got the best, and they'll be fighting for you. And they they're the experts at the Fresh Start Initiative, a powerful IRS program that could save you thousands if you qualify. In fact, Optima's resolved over one billion dollars of tax debt for people just like you. Get the peace of mind that comes when you have Optima on your side, standing between you and the IRS, fighting to help stop aggressive collection actions, and helping to protect your assets. Don't wait. Put your IRS worries to rest. Call 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit Optima Tax Relief. All right. Let's see. I'm trying to pull it up here. Get a few more calls. Is John still with us, Mr. Producer, in New York City? Let's go to Mike on Long Island in New York, in, uh, New York the great WABC. Go. A great one. Uh, an honor to speak with you. Thank you. So it looks like it's going to go either Biden versus Trump or Bernie versus Trump. Unless they wind up at a convention and they don't have, you have to have 1,991 delegates. So it's one of three things. I think you're right. Biden, probably, Sanders, or a convention. So let's, let's assume that's the case. All right. So now this to me sounds like it's coming down to an ultimate test of Trump derangement syndrome because you cannot make a pro- American argument in favor of either of the two uh, challengers to Trump. So you're really left. If you're a Democrat. Well, the Biden supporters would say they could. Well, and, and how do you answer them? Well, well, OK, uh, here's here's what I say to the Democratic voter who who has who has Biden or has Sanders. I say to you, look, you have an incompetent, a fool, an unwell person, 
okay, who's seen better days, okay, who clearly isn't mentally equipped for the challenges of the presidency, or you have a socialist, an avowed Marxist, social, a Marxist, a Marxist. So given that, okay, which way are you going to go? You're, you're, you're sticking with the party line here? You're going with the incompetent? You're going with the Marxist? Or are you, are you actually going to face reality and acknowledge the fact that, you know what, maybe I was here, wrong. Here, here, Here's the issue. They're not going to, the media, spend a lot of time on Biden's mental faculties. They tried to concoct and create a smear against the president and use that issue. Any cockamamie professor uh, that they could find and uh, author uh, who would say such a thing about the president, they would repeat it. Uh, they were happy to, uh, to give them a, a public platform. But they're not going to do it with Biden. As a matter of fact, I'm going to come under attack uh, for starting to point out that something's definitely not right. And I don't say this to be mean and rude. There are people that have these issues, and I feel very, very bad for them. But they shouldn't be president of the United States. I totally agree. I totally agree. This is, this is about, you know, and, and here's, here's the thing, great one, okay? You, you want to go and make an argument that, that Trump is not, and they have made this argument. They've been making this argument for years, that Trump is not mentally competent for the rigors of the presidency. Well, you know what? We've got three years that say quite the contrary. Don't well we? put. Well put. And he's had the button there, the nuclear button, and he doesn't come anywhere close. To, and I can tell you if it matters to you or anybody else. I've been with this president several times. He is smart. He is wise. He is sharp. He's on his game. He's the ahead of the curve. He really, really is. Doesn't mean everyone has to agree with him all the time, but it doesn't matter. There's simply no question about his mental ability and faculties. There's none. With Biden, there clearly are many questions. And I'm not starting this up because he's getting more and more votes. I've been talking about this for a long time. There's something that's just not right. And the media know it. And the media know it. Thanks for your call, brother. We'll be right back. Five stage close at 8 p.m. We will be here with you as we look at all the various sites. They report the uh, the results, the actual results, and make determinations. So far tonight, Bernie Sanders won Vermont. Joe Biden won Virginia. And Joe Biden won North Carolina. Five more states at 8 p.m. Eastern. Stick with us, and I'll let you know all about it. A lower mortgage rate. By the way, the Fed cut interest rates by half a point. That is huge. You really need to follow this. That is huge. Because despite everything else that's going on, I know, and some of it's very important, the coronavirus and other things, you still have to focus on your day-to-day activities. Half a point cut is a huge cut. 
in interest rates. Whether it helps the, the macro economy or not, I don't know. But it helps your economy. It helps you personally. A lower mortgage rate means so much more than a lower monthly payment. It also means the potential for tens of thousands of long-term savings. So I want you to do yourself a favor. Look at your rate. Look at your mortgage rate. If your rate is not in the threes, you need to pick up the phone and call my friends at American Financing for a free mortgage review. Now more than ever. I'm not kidding. And by the way, there's no obligation whatsoever. They don't put their shoulder to you. They, they, they have a discussion with you. It's just a simple phone call that will tell you whether you can save hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars a month. It only takes 10 minutes to get started. That's right. A 10-minute call could get you one step closer to incredible savings. So why put this off any longer? We haven't seen these kind of interest rates in a very, very long time. They really are near historic lows, especially after today's half a point cut. Doesn't matter when you bought your home or last refinanced. Maybe you bought it three months ago. You may now be eligible for a lower rate. So give American Financing a call right now. They're there. Find out. Get the facts. Go over it with them. Ten minutes is all it takes. Here's the special number. 888-900-1828. 888-900-1828. Or visit American Financing. .net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we will see how a number of other states go, depending on whether we can call them based on the information we're pulling in. So let's listen to Mike Bloomberg in Florida today. Now, in Florida, he's really turned off the Cubans... And if the Jews are smart in Florida, he's really turned them off, too. We'll see how smart everybody is in Florida. But here he is on a contested convention. He's doing a, uh, an interview, but we, we have the audio. It's okay. It's not great. It's okay. And the reporter says, what's considered a win for you today? What states do you expect to win? Cut 12, go. Today, what states do you expect to win, and what's considered? I don't know whether you're going to win any. If you don't have to win states, you have to win delegates. And I think what happens here is nobody gets a majority. Best somebody will have a plurality. By definition, somebody will have a plurality. And then you go to a convention, and then we'll see what happens in the convention. Do you want a contested convention? Do you want a contested convention? Well, I don't think that I can win any other ways. Uh, but contested convention is, is a democratic process. Now, this is amazing. And it's not received the attention at all that it deserves. Mike Bloomberg is saying, now this is a guy who's trying to buy his way into the Democrat nomination of the presidency. He skipped the first three primaries. And he's already conceding that, look, I don't have to win any states. It's a matter of how many delegates you have. He is paying advisors an absolute fortune to give him this pablum. And so what he's hoping is that you have a Democrat convention that's at loggerheads with Sanders and Biden. That Sanders will be unacceptable because he's a Marxist and Biden will be unacceptable 
because he's a moron. He's a, he's a certifiable idiot. And then he'll come in and win the day. I don't see that happening. There may be some kind of a convention brawl. One can hope. And again, he talks about this. Look, it gets a convention. It's a democratic process. If you don't win any state or you only win a few states, a few states, and you don't even have a plurality of the delegates, let alone a majority, you think all the Democrats at this, the delegates at this convention who are partisans are going to turn to Mike Bloomberg? I guess it's conceivable. But I don't think the modern Democrat Party is going to do anything like that. Who knows? But that's not even the point. The point is that's what Bloomberg's betting on. He's betting on losing almost every, if not every state, but having enough delegates to go in there and to be a spoiler. We'll see how long Elizabeth Warren plans to do that. I don't think she'll be long for uh, the race, but we'll see. Who knows? But Bloomberg just told you what his tactics are. Now, that cannot endear him with the Democrat base. It cannot endear him with Democrat voters. The overwhelming majority of whom, so far, are not voting for him. The overwhelming majority of whom are not voting for him. And I don't see how he wins the delegates. What's the path? What's the path? That he's going to win conservative states like Oklahoma? Or he's going to win Virginia? He just got blown out in Virginia. North Carolina? Biden won North Carolina. He got blown out in North Carolina. What's the strategy? Doesn't have a Western strategy, an Eastern strategy, a Southern strategy. The strategy is, he's telling you, is to roll into the convention, hoping it's deadlocked, and then using his money or his influence or whatever it is he thinks he's going to use to walk out of there with a nomination. If that happens, I will make a prediction. The Democrats will lose in a landslide. Because I don't think the Democrats will tolerate that, many of them. And I believe that the uh, Trump base and the Trump supporters are all jacked up and ready to go. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, All right. We can call another state. Joe Biden wins Alabama. So Joe Biden has won North Carolina. He has won Alabama. He has won Virginia. And so far, Bernie Sanders has won Vermont. 
Now, let me point out a few things here. States that are left include Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, and Utah. So, while Biden is out to a very, very strong start, there's California out there. I don't know that he's expected to win California. There's Minnesota. Massachusetts will be between Sanders and Warren, I suspect. Suspect. Unfortunately, Colorado has moved from purple to light blue. It may even be dark blue soon. Uh, I think uh, Texas is likely Biden. That's just me. I'm just, just saying. Uh, Tennessee is likely Biden. Oklahoma is likely Biden. Then there's Utah. I have to assume likely Biden. So it'll be interesting at the end of the night see who has more delegates because the Mueller load is California, but the second Mueller load is Texas, and you might have a split decision with Sanders taking California and Biden taking Texas. It's where we are. But there's no way you're going to be able to call tonight a loser for Biden. Simply not going to happen. Simply not going to happen. So we shall see, Mr. Producer. What do you think? He agrees with me. He always agrees with me. Of course he does. Now, one of these states closes at 830. I'm trying to figure out which one. Uh, Apparently none of them. So there's five states that closed at 8 p.m., one that's called. So there will be others that are called shortly. All right, let's take some calls here. Let me see here. Who do we have, Mr. Producer? Yeah. WABC, Jerry in New Jersey. Go. Mark, I spoke to you last a couple of months ago. I'm Jewish, and it gets me so angry to see two people run like this that are both of our faith and how they turned their back, not just in this country, but on Israel as well. And if that's not bad enough, I have four siblings. I can't even talk to them. I tried talking to them about the last president and how he embezzled a billion dollars, and he took it out of he took it out of Medicare and he took it out of Social Security. He went into Social Security disability and everything else. They hung up on me. You mean and put it into Obamacare? And put it into Obamacare and so and Social Security disability. In fact, one of my sisters even called me everything that you're called, a racist, a homophobe, a bigot, a Nazi. uh, Well, then she's a good Democrat. They're not even Democrat. As far as I'm concerned, their last name may as well be Marx, because as far as I'm concerned, I disown them. I know. It's bad. It's really bad out there. All right, Jerry, hang in there, buddy. I understand. Robert Santa Clara, California, the great KSFO. Go. Hey, Mark, you know, the, the Republicans need to define their platforms as far as funding for, mar- for the, the market, you know, capitalist system with funding. Because well, you see the Democrats going after these punitive. Re- I don't I don't uh, understand what you I don't understand what you said. Say it again. Well, they need to like remember Mitch Daniels in 2008 when people were losing their homes in Indiana. He offered an offset sales tax and capped the property tax at one percent. All the Democrats from through Obamacare and then Bernie Sanders is like five times double up down on them want to go after asset taxation. That's what you don't touch. You offer offset sales taxes to get proper funding, and, and, and why would you want to get rid of private health care? I've been to the county hospital. They, they almost let me die in the, in, the, in the waiting room for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't work. 
you you you've got to allow people to have a you know that their hard asset securities exist. If Bernie Sanders gets elected, everyone's going to rush to the bank, and will the banks even give them a loan? They'll have to take an equity line out to pay their property tax. That's supposed to be virtually saving schools and health care. It's a false premise that it can even be done. But an offset sales tax, you know, keeping the markets intact and having our capitalism. And okay, let me slow down so people can understand. You, you, what you're talking about is a sales tax, potentially even replacing an in- income tax, correct? Well, you have your payroll taxes and your sales taxes that work hand-in-hand hand to never have to even approach the untouchable tax, which is the fair caps of you know, the fair luxury tax on property tax at your appraised value. Mm-hmm. Now, appraisals can be weaponized, and that's what happened in 2008. And Mitch Daniels said... Uh, you know, people are losing their homes because they weaponized the appraisers and didn't allow the, uh, the, the the buddy deals to happen. You couldn't get a license unless you read the new educational handbook about, you know, even in, a, let's say, in a town. All right, all right, I got it. Thank you, my friend. Got it. Let's keep moving. Let's see. We have Sunette, Thousand Oaks, California. Is that correct? Sirius Satellite, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Mark? Very well, thank you. Okay, well, I just called to put my uh, two cents in about, uh, or more than that, about the coronavirus. What's Mm -hmm. not being told to protect people, which I don't understand why the CDC is not expressing this. Um, I'm a registered nurse. I have done emergency room for too long, and I taught nursing school for a long time. Um, And so from that, uh, we teach the nurses how to protect themselves and their patients. This is a, a droplet form of a virus. That means from the patient, it goes the maximum about three feet if there's no coughing or sneezing to eject it. If you're standing away from somebody three to six feet, you cannot get it. The other thing is the wearing the mask and all that. Well, wait a, a second. Of- wait, 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 wait. If somebody drips on something and you touch it and then you rub your nose, I assume you can get it. That's correct. And so uh, there's a lot of talk about hand hygiene, not touching your face from the neck up is a good uh, rule of thumb. Don't touch your ear, your hair, anything. But if you touch something that has that germ on it, if the virus is still alive, because viruses like the AIDS virus, very Mm -hmm. fragile. It takes Mm -hmm. only water to kill an AIDS virus to eliminate it. So you have to be doing behaviors that subject you to receiving it. Mm -hmm. But going back to the coronavirus, it is a droplet. That means the drop is too heavy to, to hover in the air like uh, tuberculosis that goes and chickenpox it just goes all over the place it hovers like dust this is a droplet so okay just, so the cdc we're running out of time you're saying hasn't done what okay what i wanted to say is what's not being told to the general public and you sir is you are because you wear glasses mark mm-hmm. you are 70 percent more protected because your eyes are covered because we get a lot of of germs through our eyeballs that get into our system. And that's why I don't understand why that's not being expressed. So wearing the mask is one thing, but if someone coughs, hold your breath, walk up 15 feet, Interesting. and inhale. You know what? You're right. You're right. Your eyes are receptacles in many respects, aren't they? That's, that's correct. And so if we uh, watch where we're going, you know, with glasses on, I have goggles. Uh, and if I need to protect myself, because I'm with patients all day long, and so none of them are coughing. None of my patients have 
any of this problem going on. Uh, I go to long-term care facilities with patients. I tell them you got to keep the patients separated um, three to six feet apart, not, not sequester them right next to each other. And so, so far, wherever I go in a board and care, a hospital, uh, long-term care, a home setting, none of my patients who are very fragile have this coronavirus. All right, my I- friend. All right, I appreciate it very, very much. We'll be right back. in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. There's been a lot of talk about the Democratic establishment, the Democrat Party establishment, I should say, um, getting together to stop Bernie Sanders. And there is that. But it is Elizabeth Warren also who is hurting Bernie Sanders. She's supposed to be a so-called progressive. Why isn't she throwing her support behind Bernie Sanders? What could happen in Massachusetts now? Because Massachusetts can't be called right now because it's too close. What's happened is it's a three-person race. Biden is leading, not by a lot. And Sanders and Warren are splitting the so-called progressive vote right now. So while you have the so-called moderates, and they're not moderates, okay? We know that, but I got to explain it this way. The so-called establishment, the moderates, there's nothing moderate about the Democrat Party getting behind Biden. The so-called progressive, in Marx's vote, is split. So if Bernie Sanders has a really, really bad night tonight, among other reasons, not the only reason, among other reasons will be Elizabeth Warren. And you might say... Well, she's not getting that many votes anyway. But a lot of it is perception and positioning and the narrative. You don't have one single person for that wing of the Democrat Party, the ultra-left wing. A lot of this reporting is based on perception. A lot of people voting, it's based on perception that Biden somehow is a moderate. Klobuchar and Buttigieg are somehow moderates. They're not. The radicals, which kind of underscores what I've been telling you for a long time, how the center shifts left. It's just constant. It's relentless how the center shifts to the left. So Massachusetts, Sanders and Warren together right now, 
what they have about 47, 48% of the vote. So if one of them, if there was only one of them in the race, they might be beating Biden there. And in Tennessee, Biden has a lead right now. <clears throat> Looks like Biden's going to take the South in terms of the Democrat Party. Looks like he's probably going to take the South. I mean, he took North Carolina, he took Alabama, took Virginia. Although Virginia is hardly South anymore, but he took Virginia, at least parts of it. I suspect he'll do well in the Southwest, like in Texas and Utah. I suspect he'll take Tennessee, and he'll likely do well in Oklahoma. Bernie Sanders is going to need a strong showing in California, Colorado, Massachusetts, and Minnesota. But in Massachusetts right now, not enough vote in. He's number two. So it's fascinating what's going on in the Democrat Party right now. Fascinating what's going on. And at least for now, I don't know what it'll look like six months from now, it helps President Trump. The more chaos, the more infighting, civil war, the more that they're at each other's throats. Because you have a tendency to tick people off. And even though they say, let's unite in the general, let's unite in the general, a certain percentage of them won't unite. Let's go to Mark, if he's still there in Scottsdale, Arizona, XM Satellite. Well, who's there, Rich? Let's go to Lynette, Spokane, Washington, XM Satellite. Go. Hey, Mark, real quick. I just, I just think that after three-plus years of the Democrats, referring to conservatives as every manner of filth. It is time for strong voices in the conservative community to start labeling what they are and start hammering back. They are domestic enemies of our Constitution. Well, I've already said they're anti-American. I mean, I think we're saying the same thing. I'm not going to use exactly the words that you use, but uh, I want to keep it short and sweet. Bernie Sanders is an anti-American candidate. That's what he is. Trump is a pro-American candidate. I don't think you can get more simple than that. It, it, it does. That, that I don't know why I need to use the word domestic. Obviously, they're domestic. Because it speaks to people like me who took an oath to serve in the military. I know, but you, you understand what I'm saying. So I don't need to say he's domestic. He's running for president of the United States, not president of some other country. He's anti-American. I'll stick to my words. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's what he is. But they won't even say that. They won't even say he's anti-American. Has he said anything pro-American that you can think of, Lynette? Anything? Uh, n- no. I can't think of anything. He plays right, right. well, they're all playing right out of uh, Rules for Radicals. Yes. Um, short read. I, I highly recommend that people read that. Yes. Um uh, and then even even uh, anything put out by Karl Marx. I mean, it, it's all laid out right there. You're so right. The Communist Manifesto is not that long. And it was written as a pamphlet, a long pamphlet, but it's not that long, uh, for the international communist movement. And uh, even though Marx was a little slow in getting it done, and he was always missing his deadlines, because that's the nature of the beast there, <clears throat> it lays it all out. These attacks on the economic system, these attacks on governmental institution, these attacks 
on uh, certain specific groups of individuals. Uh, these abstractions where you claim that you can do all these wonderful things that people will just surrender their liberty and surrender their wealth. And if we could just get muscle our way through the Constitution and crush its boundaries, we'll have this sort of, uh, I, I wrote the book called Emeritopia. We'll have an Emeritopia. That's what we'll have. It'll be the most fantastic thing we've ever seen. And of course, that's a lie. It's a lie. But what Bernie Sanders does is he attacks imperfections or areas of, uh, that require reform in our country, whether it's an institution, whether it's an individual, whether it's a group of individuals, because nothing's perfect, and then applies a, an abstract theory to it, claiming that, that he can fix it when, in fact, he can't. Thank you, and thank you for your service. I really appreciate it, Lynette. Um, and in Massachusetts, it's still pretty much uh, not enough votes in, but it's Biden, Sanders, and Warren in that order. And if I were Sanders right now, Mr. Producer, I'd be furious with Warren, wouldn't you? She's hurting him. She's hurting him. And Biden's leading in Oklahoma, Biden's leading in Tennessee, and so forth. And let's say Biden gets the nomination kind of a candidate is this guy? He's an idiot. He's absolutely an idiot. And I think he'll be a very weak candidate. I think the media will do everything they can to cover up his mental frailty. As I said, you won't see these phony uh, psychiatrists and psychologists and their books and their essays warning about him. No talk of the 25th Amendment. So they're going to have to create a fiction around Biden. They're going to have to create a narrative around Biden to try and carry him across the finish line, and that's what they'll try to do. While at the same time, they're attacking the President of the United States as viciously and dishonestly as they possibly can. That's what they're going to do. But there's no question so far, Biden's got significant momentum. And I want you to think about, I want you to think about what analysts who you trust were saying a week ago, that he was dead. That's why I always say, think for yourselves. It was too early. Think for yourselves. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the modern voice of the Founding Fathers. This is the Mark Levin Show. Dial in now at 877-381-3811. Let me tell you where we are now. 
Uh, eight states are in. Only one, two, three, four have been called. And that is uh, Vermont for Bernie Sanders, Virginia for Biden, North Carolina for Biden, Alabama for Biden. Arkansas just came in at 8.30 Eastern. Too soon to call, but Biden is leading. Oklahoma hasn't been called. Biden is leading. Tennessee hasn't been called. Biden is leading. Maine has not been called. Sanders is leading. Massachusetts has not been called. Biden is leading because Warren and Sanders are duking it out for second and third place. So you can assume if Biden wasn't there, one of them would be leading. And you can see why Sanders is upset because the so-called Democrat establishment is organized against him. Meanwhile, the radical left wing of the Democrat Party is divided to some extent. I'm not saying Sanders would be winning states that he's losing. But I'm saying he'd be picking up more delegates than he is. I have no idea why Elizabeth Warren, I told you this earlier tonight, no idea why she's in this race. No idea. And she may lose her own state. She may come in third in her own state, which would be humiliating, which would set her back as a senator, let alone in a presidential race. John in Texas, XM Satellite, go. Well, good evening, Mark. How are you doing? Okay. Well, I just, it's just my first time to call in, and, and, and that's normally because I agree with about 99% of everything you say. Yes, but sir. You made a comment earlier in your show that you saw no reason for anybody to have to vote early. Well, no, no, I no, 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 I didn't say that. I said I see no reason for early voting. You Somebody may have a reason. I see no reason for early voting as an institution. None. Go ahead. Uh, well, I'll give you one. Yep. I actually, I... I work out of town. I'm actually out of town now. And so I voted last Friday, so I'm kind of you're, you're You're confusing early voting with uh, uh, absentee voting. If you're out of town, and I made this distinction earlier, you should be able to get an absentee ballot. You should have to sign it under penalty of perjury that you're out of town on election day. This is the way it used to work, and that you need to vote now. Fine. You shouldn't be penalized for that. That's not early voting, where people who are in town and by hundreds of thousands are voting early. That's not the same thing. Well, maybe they're going to be out of town. I don't know. Sir, uh... sir, 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 you're not following any of this that I'm explaining to you. Many people now are disenfranchised because the candidates they voted for early aren't even in the race anymore. Other people are disenfranchised because they voted and then somebody said something in a debate they disagree with. What I'm trying to say to you is the whole process should be completed before people vote because your vote impacts all of us. And the more knowledge you have about the candidates and events, the better, right up to Election Day. And few that blithely say, well, maybe they'll be out of town, too. Well, guess what? Guess what? Voting is a privilege. That's what it is. And you should plan around your vote. And if you think you're going to be out of town, there are ways to vote. But to systemically create early voting because you think you might be out of town, uh, too damn bad. Thank you for your call. Now, hate me and I'll never listen again. Oh, well, it's 18 million minus one, Mr. Producer. Let us go to Moisha, Spring Valley, New York, the great WABC. Go. 
Hello, Mark. It's an honor to speak with you. Thank you. Hello, Mark. Go right ahead and speak with me. Hi. I'm a young conservative who's learned a lot from you, and I look up to you. Um, I appreciate the pro-American values you promote every day. I just want to say that. So what I want to talk to you about is this. Um, you've been saying how terrible it would be if Bernie Sanders became the Democratic nominee, and I wholeheartedly agree, being a person who knows basic history. But would you say there's a case to be made to have Bernie Sanders, the nominee, to cause the Democratic Party to possibly turn back to sanity, where, God willing, he loses a one-step I, 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 I don't, I don't think that would turn the party back to sanity. I think when you have somebody like Bernie Sanders, if he is the nominee, you must engage. You must defeat him at every step of the way, if you can. You must use it as a learning moment for the American people. Forget about the Democrat Party, the people generally. Um, and the fact that he comes close in 2016 and he either will be the nominee or come close again should be a warning sign to all of us that something is wrong, something is sick in our culture and our society, where somebody who hates this country and has hated this country for a long time, the man is 78 years old, makes no bones about it, and embraces genocidal regimes while now he's trying to soften his image but embraces genocidal regimes, Nicaragua, Cuba, uh, the Soviet Union, and on and on and on. That should concern everybody. And since his vote tends to be particularly young, what's going on in our universities and colleges is less education and more indoctrination. And something has to be done about this. Something has to be done about this or we're going to lose our country. That's what I think. 100%. But I'm just asking, do you see any other way that Democrats would turn back to a more moderate? I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about defeating them. I I don't know how to fix what's going on in the Democrat Party other than to make it a, 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 other than to marginalize it as a smaller and smaller party. And I think the way you do that is through argumentation and ideas. How do you think Bernie Sanders got where he is or these, these tenured professors get where they are? Mm-hmm. You know, people people uh, dismiss the idea arguments way too easily. Way too easily. Ideas have consequences. It's the ideas of Marx that wound up killing 100 million people. It's the ideas of Hitler that turned into the Holocaust. Ideas have consequences. So we need to take our ideas, which are magnificent, which are brilliant, which are, which are human-tested, and make the case— with our ideas. We don't do that. We don't do that. Um, And there are very few Republicans who do. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Let us continue. Lenny, Nutley, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Uh, Thank you, Mark, for taking my call. Thank you for your book you sent me on Freedom of the Press. It's written better than most uh, uh, opinions from the Supreme Court. No one writes a book like you. <laughs> Thank uh, you very much. And I'd also welcome I'm you. Sure, to I'm sure all work. the justices agree with you. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, uh, I would continue to uh, 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 encourage you to write the one on academia because of what you just said. And I think federal funding, the federal student loan money, should be stopped and that the universities uh, would shrink down. Uh, and uh, thank you for also Hillsdale College. I, 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 think, I think competition is the key. And we have to figure out how to create competition in faculty, competition in administration, 
competition within these universities and colleges, which are really empires unto themselves, competition of ideas. You see, you and I, we don't, we're not afraid of competition of ideas, competition of arguments, and so forth. The left is. The left is about indoctrination. We are not. Go right ahead. Yeah, I'd like to mention, too, 5th District in New Jersey, Joshua Gottenheimer is uh, up. Uh, he, he needs to be defeated. Uh, he runs as a moderate. I've met the man. <clears throat> he poses as a moderate. He poses uh, for many of the Jewish people there as pro-Israel. But the fact of the matter is, what he did with Trump, what he did with Trump, that he didn't have the guts to stand out, he needs to be defeated. How are you there, sir? Yeah, I'm here. I agree with you 100%. He has the Joe with uh, Joshua at the uh, diner, and people have been uh, showing up and can continue to ask him about why he voted to impeach. Uh, Jersey Joe Piscopo is from Passaic. He should go up there and run against him. Well, you'll have to talk to Joe about that. I don't know. I did. I called in already. <laughs> All right. Thanks for your call. I appreciate it. There's one vote for Joe Piscopo, Mr. Producer. I thought he was a Democrat, though. I don't know. I don't know. I'm all for him. I like the guy very much. Don't know him, but I like him. I'll be right back. Mark AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Folks, there can be some interesting surprises tonight as well after we sign off. I'll give you some examples of what's taking place here as I look at the hard numbers, not just people calling this or that. Look at Texas. Only 1% of the vote in. Hold on a second here. Do I have the right one? No, let me me do it this way. Maine, with 5% of the vote in, it's between... Biden and Sanders, too close to call. Tennessee, with 4% of the vote in. Sanders, Bloomberg, and Biden, all neck and neck. Again, we don't know where these votes are coming from, so I'm just telling you what I see. Oklahoma, Biden, so far comfortable lead with 23% of the vote in. Uh Uh-oh, what did I just hit here? Massachusetts, with 5.5% of the vote in. Sanders, Warren, Biden, in that order. So that can change. Texas, this is what's interesting to me, 21% of the vote in. Sanders is leading Biden, 29% to 22.5%. 
We'll see how that holds up. I mean, the truth is, if <clears throat> if Sanders wins California and Texas, that's a lot of delegates, isn't it, Mr. Producer? Um, so that's what's going on. So we're not going to be able to call very much before the end of the program. But I've given you updates that I think are as relevant as we can make them. What I've summarized for you is everything every newsroom knows. There's no more to tell you. And no less, of course. So four states so far, Alabama, North Carolina, Virginia. They went to Biden, Vermont, of course, Sanders. Arkansas, Biden is leading. Maine, Sanders is leading. Massachusetts, pretty much a dead heat right now between Biden, Sanders, and Warren. Other states we don't know. Oklahoma, Biden appears to be leading. Tennessee, Seems to be a three-way race, and Bloomberg is in it. He spent a fortune there. That's all I know. That's all anybody knows, because I'm looking at the raw data. Hello, hello, looking at the raw data. I'm my own newsroom. How about that? You don't even have to look at Chuck Todd. I wouldn't anyway. Jack, Denver, Colorado, the great KVOR. Go. Hi, Mark. Uh, I just want to mention that Mike Bloomberg is still in this thing, and I think he's going to be a player. And I, I think you need to include him in your calculus as to how this is going to be played out. Well, I'm not including or excluding anybody. I'm just telling people what the numbers show. And then I try to apply logic to it. For instance, Bloomberg. It's not clear to me how he wins uh, many states. He's already said, he said, not me. He said his play here is to have a, uh, a, a convention uh, that doesn't have a, any finality to it. And then he comes in. And wins the day. That's his position. That's what he said, not me. I think that it's possible he's going to have a role in this because there might not be a majority. It might just be a plurality. I just said that's what he says. And I, I, I agree with but, him. But do you think people are going to like that? I don't think anybody likes anything that's going on on the other side. No, 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 no. That's too easy. What I'm saying is if you're a voter, Democrat, Republican, whatever— And you have two candidates with the vast majority of the votes and the delegates after all this. And then you have a guy who comes in, maybe he's number three. And he says, choose me, choose me. I'm the guy who can fix this. First of all, do you think all these delegates that are locked in, or at least they feel um, loyalty to a particular candidate, are going to run to Bloomberg? No. Neither do I. I think he's going to be a problem, not for Trump, but for the Democrats. I think that's your point. I do. That's, what, that's exactly my point. <clears throat> I agree with you. Unless all of a sudden he decides to get out, but he hasn't made uh, any indication of that. The guy's got all the money he wants. His so. hubris is too big for him to bow out, so that is not going to happen. You might be right. You might be right. All right, my friend. Good call. Appreciate it. Okay. Who's next? Why don't we go to Matha, Miramar, Florida. The Mark Levin app. How are you, Martha? Hey, Mark. I'm doing good. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. Listen, I, you know, I'd I'm rather be in Florida, phone. to be honest with you. Oh, I know. I would imagine so. I love Florida. <laughs> yeah, me too. I love I'm Florida, hungry. and my I have to admit, my favorite restaurants in Florida, Flash Beach. Oh, good. I've heard me talk about awesome. them before. <laughs> I don't get any freebies by mentioning it. 
But I love that restaurant. It's my favorite restaurant. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm hungry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's okay. You know, I'm sitting here rooting for Joe Biden, and we all know why we want him to win. We don't want Sanders anywhere near this, you know, final. But the truth of the matter is it just makes me sick that I'm rooting for someone that I heard today that um, they were saying that Donald Trump went as far as willing to be impeached to bring Joe Biden down. I'm like, are you kidding me? That, that's Scarborough. You can't listen to anything that guy said. He had a head accident once. Are you aware of this? No, I, I wasn't. <laughs> yes, at birth, he had a head accident. They dropped him on the floor. Well, it's obvious. And the truth of the matter is that he's corrupt. And I don't know when we're going to start investigating him. They started... All right, my friend. That music means I have to go. I wish I'd gone to you earlier. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. It's going to be interesting tonight to see how this stuff breaks, but it will not be definitive, at least not for Sanders and Biden. But Biden is back, as I told you he may well be. And I'll see you tomorrow when I'm back. God bless you. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.